Hello, this is Lawrence Lewis. And this is Sister Christian. Today is Friday, April 24th, 2020. This is the Producers Happy Hour, a daily podcast with two producers on opposite coasts, reaching out to our filmmaking and live event community to hear your stories about how the pandemic has affected you, your life, and your work. Your stories let us know that we're not alone. We feel strongly that it's important for us to keep sharing our experiences and ideas and also hear yours. Email us, or better yet, record a one- to two-minute voice memo and send it to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Just follow the instructions on our website, producershappyhour.com. And uh, you got to share the show. Get it to your college roommate. (laughs) Get it to your exes, (laughs) your friends, family, colleagues, all of them. The (laughs) stories, you know, they're all relatable, and they all, you know, it's important. These stories are helping people. It's making our community come together in this really disparate time. So, Lawrence, today we have part two of our interview with Mike Lubickus at Hustle. Yes. He had so many great things to say that it was worth saving it all and making it a two-parter. He has a great sense of the business and what's happening. Yeah, because of his experience level, too, his viewpoint comes from many different angles. I mean, it's a great interview. If I do say so myself. (laughs) (laughs) And next week, we've got a lot of great guests. So make sure you tune in next week. We have Don Broida, who is an amazing commercial director. Very prolific. Does a lot of work. Shoots a lot of days throughout the year for big brands. We have Lisa Feldman, who is an agency producer based in Minneapolis. We're also going to have Rupert Reynolds McLean and Samantha Chitty from Biscuit UK. So we're going to get to hear from some uh, UK perspective at a major company as well as Yehuda Duyenis, who's an amazing experiential director. Very creative mind. He's done a lot of amazing projects. You and I have worked with him. Mm -hmm. He's great. He's going to come and talk to us. I mean, next week is packed, sir. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's some talent. Okay. So, Lawrence, how are you doing? I see you're still in JT. Yes, I'm in Joshua Tree, and I'm going to head back to L.A. today. Nice. L.A.'s going through a little bit of a heat wave. I know. I saw that it was going to be 95 degrees out there today. So I'm not looking forward to it. It's actually cooler in Joshua Tree right now because of the elevation. (laughs) Of course. But it's time for me to go back to L.A. for a little bit, Um, see Christopher, hang out, Mm -hmm. a nice weekend together because we're not recording. We're not doing any shows this weekend. I know. (laughs) It'll be very nice. And yeah, we'll be back. We're just going to be going back and forth because we're not allowed to rent this place. So Yeah, San Bernardino's has no short-term rentals, so we're kind of at a standstill with this house. Yeah, I get it. You're not health professionals. We don't want the liability. You know, this is the question of insurance and liability and workers' comp. If you do a film shoot and someone gets sick. I don't trust anything yet. We have a lot of questions about that still. Still a lot of questions out there and such. Have you received, um, so you've received your unemployment from California? I received a notice. That you'll that I, be, that you're approved. I will, yeah, I know. Well, I got the notice I was approved, and I got a notice that I am receiving my first two weeks. Right. Great. I haven't seen it, but I did. And, and for everyone, I'm an S-Corp. I have an S-Corporation in the state of California. Mm-hmm. So this is with EDD. I filed as a self-employed individual mm-hmm. and put for the record of my last employer, myself, tiny little pictures, my company. And then it asks, who's the main contact? I put myself and my phone number. Right. And then at the end, it asks you, 
self-employed. So I did put self-employed because that was confusing. I didn't know if I should separate it because it is a corporation that is a separate entity. Right. And that's where I think New York did the same thing where they went in and streamlined it because it was catching a lot of people up. And they just, according to everybody that, you know, I spoke to on the day that I did it, you just answer it as if yourself. Which I'm assuming you did. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I definitely put that I was employed by a corporation. Right. And the main contact of the corporation is me. So then at the very (laughs) end, after you do all that, it then asks you, what kind of employee were you? So I said, I'm self-employed. Right. So I don't know. It was confusing. Oh, that is a little bit circular. It's a circular. It was the last question at the end after all of it. So it was confusing. I did my best and I just crossed my fingers and it went through. So hopefully that helps some people out there. I know a lot of people are suffering and not able to get anywhere with the system. But Agreed, because um, we're finding more and more that the PPP money and all of that stuff went to the biggest people first. We're not thinking about bottom up, which Mm-mm. we should be as a society in general. It's very frustrating out there. I think a lot of people are frustrated because like in Florida, right, Mm-mm. 17% of the unemployment claims have been paid at this point. Oof. Right. It's like, what are you holding on to the money for, guys? It's been six yeah. weeks now. Yeah. Get your shit together out there. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, this is what is fueling the fire for right. all the protests. Yeah. And I know the protests are scary. They're smaller. I mean, you know. We can't take away the right to protest. Right? No, of we course not. We cannot take away the right to free assembly. Right. No. I wish they were doing it a little safer. Agreed. But they're not. Right. And, you know, some of their ideology is a little confusing <laughs> or the reasons I need to go to get a haircut or, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, the loudest, what, the loudest voice always gets heard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the media likes to make it very sensational. But yes, I just wish they were doing it safer and distancing and wearing masks and, and all that stuff. But, you know, this is going to keep happening until people get paid. And you were telling me that you have been talking to Poland about a project, right? Yes. And they are paying their their citizens to stay home. Yeah, basically, yes. I spoke to Papaya Films, Tomek, who's a you know producer there. And Poland's open for business now. Mm. They did it right. They shut down really early, you know, yeah. and they tested everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're starting to slowly open up. But people definitely have options if they're sick meaning that the government will bring your supplies to you and there's a government app where you can go on and tell them how you're feeling or they'll monitor your health too. Wow. I know. What? It's just, it's That's... just, and I, I did a deep dive on the phone this morning for a while. But all oh, yeah. of that said, because I was interested in hearing how open they are and they're open for no limit on crew size. There's no wow. limitations either really? because people are being responsible about it. But they're also doing their best practices and all of that, of course. Of like course, all the but guidelines. They're also, mm-hmm. they're also getting paid by the government to, to stay home, stay home, and not worry about it. And exactly, yeah. politics aside, obviously, yeah. it was just interesting to hear how they're going to be. You know, filming wise, they're opening up now after their amount of shutdown because they did the shutdown correctly. Right, and right. so. It's only perpetuating our own, again, circular <laughs> yeah, yeah, future, yeah, yeah. possibly circular future that's going to happen of open up, shut down, open up, shut down. Like if you do it right, then you, you close once. But we'll see. Right. We'll see. 
Anyway, it was very interesting to hear. Um, we can post the production company in the notes, show notes. Yeah, what's it called again? Say it. Say the uh, website so we have it. They have three locations. The name is Papaya Films. The mm-hmm. website is papaya-films.com. They're located in Warsaw, and they have offices in London and in New York City. So I've been, you know, chatting with them for over four years now, and I consider them really good. And I'm excited that uh, they're open because I've already passed it along to, you know, as we said, people have ants in their pants. Yeah. Yeah. This is the week that Lawrence and I, you know, audience, are getting <laughs> calls uh, calls for inquiries. Or inquiries or what can be done. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Papaya Film. So I got an email from True North, which is a production service company in Iceland. In yes. Yeah. So they say they're open for business. I too. know. I don't. Did you get that email? It did, but it came up too because, uh, you know, their population is what, three or 400,000? Yeah. <laughs> so they probably did it right as well. Plus, they're they an island. They probably did it right as well. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but go on, please. Well, I, d- I don't have anything further to say. I want to reach out to them and chat with them and see what their situation is so we can talk about it on the show and share that with our listeners. But yeah, I'd love to go shoot in Iceland. It's expensive, oh, though. It's an island. It's like, you know, shooting on an island is always expensive. Here's a discussion that I'm having, too, for a job in late May is if the country's regulations will allow it, sending a DP or director there two weeks in advance to, to self-quarantine and then. So it could be something that job dependent that client will uh, pay for or production company will insist on. So do we need to come up with a quarantine fee? Meaning, or is it just a day uh, rate? Is it a day rate? I mean, they can't I think take any other work, right? They can't take any other work. They're on location. You would have to pay for their hotel, their per diem, their. But do they get a rate? For I would quarantining? say. I would say that what they get is, yeah, we need to come up with that. Yeah, they're viable. They're con- union wise. They're considered uh, work days. They are. So, you know, when you go do a travel job and the DP inevitably gets a down day because there's a tech scout and a day after or whatever, there's a down Mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. That's called an idle day. Typically, we don't pay them a a day rate, but they get paid their P&W for the day, for an Mm -hmm. eight-hour day. Right? Mm -hmm. That's an idle day. So, then we're going to have to come up with… That uh, one, yes. But I also, you know, it depends on how many you have during the the week. Yeah, it is a deal you make with the right. DP and the agent. Yeah. And it's, yeah, there's got to be scale. Yes. A, a scale, sure. That's no, no, no. An I just, I just mean, yeah. And so I. But think, yeah, I mean, it's not fair to ask a DP to sit for two weeks and not get paid. Right. Yeah. So I think that you know the idea of project rates. Yeah. You know that were kind of like music videos were kind of uh, starting to weasel their way into kills the my culture. Brain right I now. agree. I don't want to go. But back yeah, to that. having a two week flat quarantine fee, whatever's worth it to them. You know. I mean, the big question that still is looming, and I know we're way over time, but we were talking about it with Mike: is labor and labor rates, and is this going to be good for labor because they're in control and they get a say? No, I'm not going into this dangerous situation unless you pay me this. Yes, it will require a bit of discipline, I feel, on humanity in general, because what was going on before was, you know, there's always somebody who's willing to do the job. And that has made rates stagnant for so long. Oh, for so long. For so long. (laughs) 
We started oh paying gosh. PAs 200 a day in... Yeah, when? In 2000, 2001. 2000, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, that was... $200 when, a day. Yep, 200 a day. So you see how much it's gone up and some companies still fight it, but you can't yeah. really because it's below minimum wage. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, one quick thing that I want to talk about before we get to our interview, uh, part two, following up on Shake Shack giving back the PPP money. Yes. Ruth Chris gave, uh, uh, is giving back. People were shaming PPP them. Money. So. <laughs> they were what? People were shaming them. They were. They, they were. were. So, yeah. you know, I don't think this Which, is a very noble thing that they're doing. I think they're doing it to save their took us. Uh, yeah. But good. They're giving back the money. They said, we intend to repay this loan in adherence with government guidelines as we learn more about the funding limitations of the program and the intended impact. We have decided to accelerate the repayment. Good for them. Great. Yeah. And several colleges that didn't need it. And yes, now several that colleges. It's, yeah. And now that it's come down the pipe, you know, with all these people giving money back, it feels um, feels like the system was stacked against us. There was never any way that we could. I mean, I've tried to log on to my bank website today just to check to see if I've gotten anything. It's crashing. Oh, really? Well, yeah, because the bill was signed into law finally, I believe. Yeah, it was. And yeah, and so people are trying to get through to their banks to say, okay, what about mine? What about me? Yeah. Okay, I just checked my account. I have nothing. Nothing's come yet. Okay, great. Um, Okay, great. (laughs) Okay, great. Great. We're all in the same boat. Sweet green. They're giving their money back, too. They got a $10 million loan. That same day, we learned that the money had run out, and so many small businesses and friends in the industry who needed it most did not receive any funds, knowing that we quickly made the decision to return the loans. That's interesting. That's interesting, yeah. Judge them how you will. It seems a little late. And how the hell do they get these loans in the first place? If, you know, Ruth Chris says, we learned about the funding limitations of the program. When did they learn? They applied for it. When did they learn? Right. It's called small business disaster loan. When right. did they learn? They learned right. after they applied for it and read all the information about it being under five. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. My little sister, before she became a you know a healthcare worker, mm-hmm. she was a paralegal, and she applied for it too because she's a 1099 employee. Or her banker sent her over everything, and she started reading the contract and the fine print. And it turns out, you know, there's a lot of may or may not language yeah. oh right yeah like you may or may not be required to do this you may or may not be required to do that so the selective nature of how the process has gone so far meaning yeah. even we were supposed to get 10 grand and then it was reduced to a thousand yeah. once they started seeing that right the selective nature of how the the target is shifting or the goal line is being pushed is now if you sign the contract basically embedded in with may or may not language which means they can do whatever they want. So she deci- she decided to decline doing it. Which one? She applied for the grant. EIDL. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's not just, great. I know. So they decided not to do it after reading it. But there you go. All right. Um, but the gate, Ruth Christ, giving back. Yeah, giving Good job, back. guys. They're giving back. Way to jump on that train. All right. Let's get on with part two of Mike Lubickus. Go to our website. There's a page on the website, producershappyhour.com. Take action. Lots of information on there. Check it out. Things you can do, petitions, actions you can take, things you can donate, things you can volunteer for. Check it out. And here's part two of our interview with Mike Lubickus. We've been talking about that a lot. One of the biggest tragedies would be to come back and just go back to business as usual and just go Mm -hmm. back to normal and forget all of the stuff that we've been learning this past month. 
there was a great episode on the Daily podcast where they were talking to somebody. It's the same guy who said four years is the fastest vaccine that we've come right. up with. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the healthcare reporter at, at the New York he, Times. Yeah, he was saying after every major war, major catastrophe, there was a shift. There was a shift mm-hmm. for stronger social networks, stronger social programs, and more attention to equality in small ways. But there was mm-hmm. a shift. And then those shifts kind of get forgotten and we go back. But I think history does show that we will come out of this with at least a little bit more of an eye towards inequality and things that we need to do to kind of strengthen our social structure. I'm curious, you guys on that point, like, are you hopeful for, you know, production labor coming out of this in a better place or a worse place? So this was my next question for you, since you're on the forefront talking to brands and agencies, Mm -hmm. I've been talking to crew and I've been saying to my friends, say there's no vaccine. And Mm -hmm. in September, there's a job, you get a phone call. What do you need the parameters to be for you to take that job, knowing that you are at risk, you're putting yourself at risk? Like what happened physically, what happens on set? What are the parameters? And the first thing a couple of people have said to me is my rate needs to go up. Mm -hmm. I need to be paid more Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's going to take more time. You know, I was talking to a friend who's a set decorator. She said, you know, on a busy day, there are trucks lined up at Omega to pick up set dressing. And Mm -hmm. so now you can't have three trucks there picking up. You're going to have one truck picking up because that one truck's got three guys on it and that's all they can take. So if it took a a day to dress a set, it's going to take three days to dress a set. And we're going to have to pre-light every job. So is there any understanding, maybe it's too early to to say, but like costs are going to go up. And what what people are going to get out of a shoot day is going to be a lot less. Has there been any talks in your world about that? I think it's too, I, I, you know, I, I honestly couldn't speak to it because I'm not bidding and producing the job. So sure, of course. I think, yeah, I think your, your company owner, production company owners can answer that question a lot better. Mm-hmm. But what I would just say is it's, you know, going back to that Cuban interview, just because I listened to it the other day, like he really thinks that it is a moment for labor to negotiate yeah. and for unions to get stronger and all those things. Obviously, big companies are going to fight that and, and certain state yeah. governments are going to fight that. And you're, labor versus the, the powers that be, you know, is an unending battle. Oh, like it, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, I think that, like, you know, everybody's in for a fight on it. But ultimately, like, labor has to organize to get those things. And it won't happen without a fight. It won't happen without, you know, all the best people standing pat on that stuff. And so I think that, like, if labor is going to come out of this in a better place, then it's going to take a lot of energy and organization on that side. I think it's up to us to set the new rules. Like we're the experts, right, at production because Mm -hmm. we're the production companies or we're the person, the people go on the set. And I do think that it's up to us as, you know, production to say what we require in order to do a job for your brand. And if we... Quote unquote, are all on the same page, then we could actually make real change happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's what I was saying earlier with our production companies that are, you right. know, consulting with medical professionals and city and state mm-hmm. health officials. Like, that's part of the fear setting and imagining of like, what does a set look like to keep everybody safe? And, and another thing I'll just say, like, talking to every EP, production company EP that I've spoken to about this is really concerned with people's health and safety. And, you know, there are places we can shoot right now. You can go to Sweden and shoot a television commercial. There are places in Asia where you can shoot. Australia? Yeah. Just because you can shoot there doesn't mean it's safe. Or that we should. 
And yeah, and and hearing company owners who are really not seeing the cash come in right now, like it just, oh yeah, you know that is the dynamic. Like there's just not a lot of money coming in, and I know that our industry specifically has struck out pretty much on the SBA loans, and you know hopefully the second wave mm-hmm. comes and, and things get better. But well, hopefully more Shake Shacks give back their money. Yeah, I mean, you know, and and that's a whole other thing, but like. I think we know that like there's not a lot of revenue flowing through the production community right now. And to hear right. production company owners say, yeah, we're not going to shoot this. Not only is it a huge liability and we can't get insurance, right. but also like we're just not Ethic. putting people in yeah. like ethically. It's not OK. Yeah. Well, what advice would you have for those production companies? In terms of like creating a safe set and, and all that? I think maybe how to refocus either creatively or their business model or what should production companies be doing right now to be able to evolve and come out of this right. successfully. I think you look at what's available to you right now in terms of doing drop kits and directing remotely mm-hmm. and all those things. It's like, I guess within that space, you can just look at like, how do you evolve it? And how do you add some production value? How do you add a little art direction and light and all that stuff? But you're still working right. in like such a limited box. And I think until yeah. we get out of that space, there's, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm not thinking about it the right way. I think that also, like, you're, if you're talking about a company like Media Monks, which right. can do live action production, but also, like, they can do Twitch live streams and graphic overlays mm-hmm. and AR yeah. and VR yeah. and all these things, they're, I think, much more well-equipped to just, like, take up this moment and do something really special and, and impactful and meaningful that feels different and interesting versus a live action company that right. can really probably just make a nice, slightly nicer version of what you're seeing on TV right now. I almost feel that's generational or how mobile that you can be. Because I know that there's some structure from some companies that, you know, we've all worked for that mm-hmm. impedes the ability to be nimble. Right. Well, look, that also gets back to the labor discussion, but, which mm-hmm. is that like if commercial productions can only put, you know, 15 people on set, that's a lot of people who had jobs before who don't have jobs now. And that doesn't yeah. really line up with labor agreements and union agreements like at all. That's the, that's a bigger problem that's got to be figured out. Yeah. And, that, and that's where I look at someone just wholesale saying like, this is a big moment for unions and labor. It might be for healthcare workers or delivery right. drivers or, you know, certain professions. But in our world, I don't necessarily see that path in the next year or two, because it just feels like everything shrinks. And maybe I'm, I'm missing yeah. something and getting it wrong, which is very possible. Mm. I, my wife will tell you, I miss things and get things wrong all the time. <laughs> Bring her in there. Um, <laughs> I to get some marriage quarantine she, humor in She there. can start her own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely sure there's a wives podcast going right now. Husbands who get her on. Yeah. Um, oh, I'll produce wrong, it. But... I, but I am trying to like sort of do the math on that. And it just seems like there's going to be a lot fewer people involved in making things. And so just by virtue of that, Mm -hmm. I don't know what the the labor outcome is there in terms Mm -hmm. of being positive. Now, once we get out of this and there's social distancing and all those things and you go back to, you know, normal and and you're able to get more people on set, whatever that looks like, then maybe that's the moment for it. But Mm -hmm. in the meantime, you know, how many of those people give up on production and decide they're going to go do something else? Maybe there is a bit of a culling in our industry because it's not by a viable lifestyle. I think anymore. so. I think it's the same, you know, earlier talking about the brands and agencies are calling the production companies they know they trust mm-hmm. and they know they can do something really quickly. And those mid range mm-hmm. and lower level companies might have a harder time. And I think it's the same with the film crews. Mm-hmm. The film crews that get the first calls 
your first yeah. call captain, your first call DP, mm-hmm. they're going to be working yeah. when we can. And I think everyone else is going to well, struggle. You know, it's interesting. One of the things you guys have talked about with people on the podcast is what happened after 9-11. And yeah. right. I think mm-hmm. that you're seeing this is bigger and more widespread yeah. because I think that Absolutely. the fear is not going to subside as quickly and you're dealing mm-hmm. with people's health. And I think that in 08, 09 are interesting parallels only because it feels like every time one of these events happens, the industry gets more institutionalized. And I don't know if it's necessarily like gets smaller, but it feels like the power gets condensed. Bigger companies mm-hmm. that have the relationships and have the trust excel in these times. And I think if you looked at sort of like, I started doing this in like 2005. And I just think about like, speaking frankly, being a rep in like, in like the 90s and early 2000s, it was, I feel like half the time they were like, yo, you're not really that good at anything else, but like you're social and you like to drink and party. <laughs> like, maybe you should just go into sales. And like, Let's take out uh, our clients. Yeah. Can like, we turn that into a business right now? Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Maybe start a club in your basement. I don't know. But. Oh, the Molly parties are over, sir. I think that, you know, the industry, every every time one of these things happens, maybe maybe the better term is that it matures. And people have to think about strategy and they have to think about their business model and rethink how they do things. And for salespeople, every time one of these things happens, we have to get more serious about stuff. And, you know, there's obviously like the advent of social media and marketing through that. And I think that this is just another moment where like things are going to consolidate a bit. People are going to have to strategize and the people who can like imagine the future and adjust really quickly and be nimble are the people are going to get through this. I kind of want to follow up on that, you know, in speaking of Christian's question about advice for film companies, production companies, there's different ways companies are going that we're seeing, right? Maybe some of yours are taking some of these avenues. Some are saying really quickly, look, guys, here's what we can produce for you right now. Directors mm-hmm. at home, they've got cameras, they got family, they can be actors. Here's what we can do right yep. now. Other companies aren't doing that. Instead, they're focusing on when we can actually do real film productions and putting right. out guidelines. Here's how we're going to do film production. When we come back, we're going to come back strong with these strong procedures and practices. Mm-hmm. And then some companies are just kind of waiting it out. Mm-hmm. And they're all viable, I think. I don't know. What's your opinion on you know, like waiting it out and waiting to look? They're looking further down the road. Like, right. you know, what's the new inventive thing? Like Media Monks, we've got this studio, we've got to do Twitch, you know, they're mm-hmm. looking at something completely different. I'm asking, it's, it's a selfish question because, yeah, I'm going to get phone calls to put together a 10-person shoot. That's not why I came into this business. Like, I'm not right. sure how interested I am in doing that. I want to look down the road and figure out what's the new thing. Yeah, All of these are viable options, and you probably have a penalty of that in the companies you represent. What, what are your thoughts? For sure. I think at the risk of like saying, oh, like we want to have it all. I do think that coming up with near term solutions is really important to bridge that okay. gap because yeah. nobody knows when real production is going to be able to come back. Like yeah. Georgia and South Carolina are opening their beaches and restaurants this week, which is oh, man. to me looks insane, but maybe somebody knows something I don't know. Oh, and like, we're going to be fine in the summer and everything's cool. And like, <laughs> it's not cool, I, right? <laughs> it is so not cool. And I think it's that 80% cool. of the people understand that it isn't. And I think that yeah. the 20% of the people who are excited about it are going to go out there and, you know, that's what we'll see in the media is the 20%. Yeah. And I think I, that, you know, it's going to be a shit show. Yeah, I think it might even be less than 20%. I, I just, mm. I think the people who are like, this is it's fine. The this South. Is the 
Yeah, um, and it, it's but a couple like, states away from that, you know Florida. The news media is really over-indexing their opinions. I would say I don't think most people are like that, and I I've got family from all sorts of backgrounds and political opinions, and every single one of them is taking this really seriously and staying inside. Yeah. Like none of them are in these protests. It, it works both ways. Cause you know, I have a lot of Republican family members and, and topics come up of like, Oh, well you Democrats are so mad at this thing. And I'm just, I'm always like, no, no, that's not, not. That's in a made up culture war. That doesn't right. exist. I'm in the heart yeah. of liberalism. And that is a made up news story. And yeah. we were talking yeah, about this on, on yesterday's podcast, Christian, seeing the photos of all these protests. They look oh. massive and they look widespread and they're not. There's a few in a few cities that are maybe 100 people, 200 people. And that's the media's manipulation. The smartest people on this planet don't know when things are going to go back to normal yeah. or, or yeah. I, I, it's so weird to say normal. Nothing's Please going stop. back to normal. Yeah, we're, like normal. We don't uh, <laughs> we, we, we weren't normal before. Right. Well, it wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. I hope to not go back to that normal. It's a no. I guess normal is such a in a utopia. Yeah, in a utopia, it's based on is subjective. So I'm going back to where we were. I guess we've we've burned the boats or whatever. But I'm probably using that incorrectly. But like when <laughs> we get to the other other side of this, it's it's going to look different than it looked before. <laughs> I think we all know that, and we don't know when we're going to get to the place where you can have all these people in the same place. So. I think that it's really smart to be thinking about how you can make things in the interim and how you can mm -hmm. serve, you know, the agencies and the, and the clients that we've had historically. So that I think is, is invigorating and exciting for a lot of people. I also think that, yeah, you've got a plan for like what it looks like when production can ramp up to that scale again. I mm -hmm. think sitting and doing nothing is a huge mistake because you'll just sit and do nothing until there's nothing to do, like truly nothing to do. Mm -hmm. And then you're out of business. I think at the very least, people should be dusting off their creative projects that are maybe sitting on the shelf and yeah. starting to do some development. And and I also think, you know, it could be a really good time for branded entertainment. Before this all went down, we organized a dinner in LA at Chromista's office, that's Darren Aronofsky's company, with mm -hmm. Can Lions. And we had about 25 people in the room from agencies, brands, oh. media companies. You know, we had Warner Brothers there. We had LeBron's companies, Uninterrupted and Spring Hill Entertainment. We have people from uh, BBH, you know, tons of people that, that have all sorts of different opinions and experiences on branded entertainment and what the future of that is. And it was really exciting. And we we're all having these really cool conversations afterwards and putting stuff together. And then like this shit happens and it's like, uh, uh <laughs> <laughs> what do we do now? But I think there's a, it's a moment because like you can do animation storytelling really oh, safely yeah. right now and do some amazing yeah mind-blowing stuff like the post-production apparatus has been working from home and working remotely for decades mm -hmm. now like totally they know how yeah. to do that stuff so i think that like it just what it takes is people recognizing the reality which i think is really a, a hard mm -hmm. thing to do and it's going to take some more time to come around to and it's like hey you might need to like stop holding out hope that you're going to be able to shoot your big commercial in july or august and you need to <laughs> start pivoting to doing something a different type of live action shoot or an animation thing or maybe you want to take that money and you and you don't want to do a television commercial anymore maybe you want to do a branded series or make a film uh, yes so, yeah exactly and i think that would be really exciting for people like us who like maybe don't get totally turned on by doing like little remote production hitting camera <laughs> things like what like <laughs> Hey, we'll make them, but like it does feel like it's in service to the moment more than it's in service to home. our passion and for the craft. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, how do you get those things to align in this moment? And I think that 
Ah, Once people start to solidify their calendar and like really looking at the timelines, then maybe we can start having those conversations. And I think that starts to get exciting, you know? No, I mean, I think the collaborative process and also too, like, sorry to bring this up again, but client management, like sometimes clients just want to be told the truth. And the truth is we're not going to be doing these big shoots until maybe next year. Mm Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it. I mean, you know, like yeah. in, in allowing them to sit with reality for a little bit and then moving them into the direction of post animation, you know, small shoot, like whatever it is, having them understand early on what is possible. Yeah, I think is important. But I think also, you know, you gosh, it gets back to the, the role corporations play in our culture and our society. But, you know, you turn on the president's briefing every afternoon. I hope you guys oh, don't. God. I don't. But it's nonsense. There's no information. <laughs> there's no leadership. I love to nonsense. yell at my, like, by that time, there's, I'm yelling at my fucking television. There's, there's yeah. nothing. Like, there's there's nothing useful coming out of that. But no, nothing. there is useful stuff no. coming out of local leadership, you know, mayors yes. and, and governors. But there's, I think, also really good leadership coming out of people like Tim Cook or Mark Zuckerberg yes. or mm. Jeff Bezos or Jack at Twitter. And look, we can bring up issues about the way some of those businesses are run or what those guys right. do with their money, whatever it might be. But what are you but doing the fact now? Of the matter is you can look at them as an indicator of what's mm-hmm. going to happen with the economy. And if those guys are sort of like, oh yeah, we're not doing shit until next year, then like you better believe it because they've got a lot of people to answer to. They've got shareholders, they've got boards, they've got thousands mm-hmm. of employees, they've got massive businesses to run. And these are really smart people who take all those things into consideration and are really good decision makers. I think looking at that, that's going to give you indications more than anything that the president or anybody associated with him is going to do. And and I think what sucks about that is it's such a muddled communication Uh, and it keeps people divided and misinformed. Yeah, gosh, I can't believe I'm sitting here being like, we should really look to the corporations for leadership in this moment. That culture has shifted. In your defense. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, in your defense, that our culture has shifted where that yeah. has become they have the norm. To be, they we have now, to. I mean, think about in the 80s and 90s, we didn't know names of CEOs of companies. Mm. We yeah. know them now. So right. they, yeah. and we hold like, them accountable. And we hold them accountable. And Mostly. we are coming into this era of like companies doing good, right? Companies Wait, giving to. back. Yes. And these are our clients and, and we do business yep. for them. And I think that the other thing is you can sort of look at this as an analogy to the presidential election. Like a lot of people I know are not stoked about Joe Biden being the nominee. Oh. But if you can sort of <sighs> like step back for a minute and like look at the tent, look where things can head and like right. work yeah. together to make things, things happen. And like, there are going to be people who, who totally disagree with that and they don't see it and, and they're going to be hardline on, on their own point of view. But Bernie Sanders is doing a media tour right now talking about how he can be an insurgent and push the party to the left and work with Joe Biden on things like criminal justice reform and all these things. And I think that like the same goes for us with working with big multinational corporations is like might not agree with everything mm-hmm. they do, but help push the creative and the brand, the messaging and the company values right. in a certain direction. And and then if you can do that and you can sway public opinion and then you could put pressure mm-hmm. on CEOs to act better or whatever it might be, it's a really long road of progress. Yeah. I remember one of the cool projects I got to work on at Mass Appeal was Maya Angelou's birthday Google Doodle. Yeah. And Ooh. I got to go sit with her son at his house in Oakland and talk to him for a couple hours. And we did our recording and then we just like hit it off and we were having a good time talking. And he was just like, look, ma'am, the fight never ends. You don't ever win the fight. 
You have to just keep fighting and every bit of progress you make is important and it should be celebrated and it should be held on to dearly. And then you keep moving to the next, but there is never going to be a point where we're just like, Oh, we won. Everything's cool now. Like it's it's never going to happen. And I think that if you, you know, if your reason for living is to like get that ultimate Mm -hmm. victory, that's going to give you total satisfaction. You're just going to be disappointed all the time. And so, you know, incrementalism is boring and I hate that word, but like whatever it is we're fighting for, we're, we're fighting for just doing productions the way we used to be do them. We're fighting for social justice or we're fighting for a more fair economy or whatever next president to be elected. Every little victory and every little movement forward yeah. is important. And, you know, it's about the journey, not the destination, whatever. Like it's, it's <laughs> cliche to say, <laughs> but like man of you. when you have a civil rights leader sitting there across the table from you telling you that, I think that like, you have to put some weight to it. You know, this is somebody who's seen a lot of things and understands the big picture. So I think no matter what we're doing, if that's just getting out of our sweatpants in the morning and having a routine right now to keep our mental health sharp, like that's a victory too, you know? And I mean, I can get out of my sweatpants this morning. But (laughs) I mean, the little things are just as important as the big things and the little things locally. Mm -hmm. We've spoken about this. What we do locally uh, affects what we do globally. And if you start locally, you'll see the change and that will give you the energy to make more change. Yeah, you're absolutely right. right. And I I think we're going to have a little return to that too. I think so. And I think we're going to absolutely see which brands step up and Mm -hmm. help. We're going to, I hope, come out of this judging brands. And it'll be judged by what you've done or what you will do versus doing nothing. I yeah. hope anyway. Yeah. Well, I think you know one of the things we always talk about in our presentations with brands and agencies, and sometimes we get a little look about this, is, is <laughs> talk about the fact that like capital matters and money is political and money is money affects our lives. And if you're a brand or a creative person and you have influence in capital and capital is not always money, it's, right. it's the ability to make decisions oh. and lift people up and lift voices up and put people in places exposure right and if you're not doing that in a way that when you have an opportunity makes people's lives better or creates equality Mm -hmm. or just puts a more positive imprint on the world then you know maybe examine that everybody's at a different place in their evolution but it's something worth taking stock of of like what is your capital what influence do you have how are you using that to move things forward and create progress before you go what are you looking forward to most once this is it's never going to be all over But once we're able to kind of come back together again, it could be having a pint at your favorite bar or world peace. What are you what are you looking forward to most out of all of this? Oh, I I can easily say it's just seeing my parents and my in-laws and and family like that's that's it, because we've got two young kids and they all live on the East Coast and and we live out in L.A. Mm -hmm. and it's hard enough to try to organize holidays and all those things together. And we do a good job. I think we, you know, multiple times a year, we all get to see each other, but this has, I think shown us like how valuable that time is. And we're going to probably like lose a year or two here. And, you know, it's, it's really not the time for that. And I think it's obviously like selfish for us, but yeah, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. It's just hanging out with family and just being with each other. Cause I think, you know, we talked about at the top, just being safe, having food, having your family, having your health right now. Like those are literally the only things that matter. And those are real luxuries right now. Yeah, I think they're uh, going to be luxuries for a while. For sure. so, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, I'm thankful for our situation now, but when this is over, like I can't wait to see our family and just be together. That's very nice. Well, again, thank you so thank much you for, for spending, spending time, time with us. us. Yeah. 
Wow. That was, you know, I have to say, hearing passionate delivery of such yeah. solid ideas is just, uh, it's refreshing. I mean, I love these talks because every day we get a different point of view that all seems to yep. be centered around the same thing. Absolutely. It's great to hear his opinion from a sales rep point of view as to what companies right. should be doing right now. Obviously, inaction seems like the wrong move. Yeah. If you want to be relevant, you, know, you should be out there. If you want to be relevant, it, right? you should be doing something. Even if it's not reinventing mm -hmm. the wheel, just creating content, doing something. To his point, we need to meet people where they are, right? We have to come to them. Yeah. I did right? like his point about branded entertainment. Yes. Which is something that I was so passionate about. Mm -hmm. Hence my company, Indelible Arts. I really mm -hmm. wanted to kind of focus on branded IP experiences, branded entertainment. That is mm -hmm. fascinating to me. And I hope that the opportunities for that exist coming out of this. They'll be different, maybe in a different way, but hopefully. I think opportunities will be there. It's just how to execute them. Yes. Will be the general discussion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a great show. Ah. Uh, yeah, that was amazing. So um, this show is edited and co-produced by Rob Bloomkey. Artwork and logo design by Christopher Daniels. And our amazing and beautiful unused music was composed <laughs> by Kyle Puccia. Thanks for listening, everybody. Stay safe, stay connected, and please, please stay home. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Clean your damn phone. And please, if you're going outside, wear a mask. Be sure to send us your voice recordings and emails to producershappyhour at gmail.com. We love hearing from you and we love to hear your stories. Lawrence, how can people reach you? You can get me at lawrencetlewis.com or for voiceover work, voiceoflawrence.com. Christian, how do people get hold of you? Sisterchristianproduces.com. Great. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.